Blog Talk Radio. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another broadcast of The Unexplained World, a world for some of us, no explanation is needed. And for others, that is why we are here. With your hosts, Edward Chanahan, a psychic medium, paranormal explorer, and author, along with Annette, who is a pagan truth seeker. The Unexplained World is a location where the border between the natural and supernatural may become nothing more than fuzzy. So enjoy. Welcome to the July 28th broadcast of The Unexplained World with your host, Edward Shanahan. It's me and Annette. Hello, Annette. <laughs> Hello. How you doing? I'm fine. How are you today? I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Um, I don't good. know if you received, I don't know if you received my message. But oh. we are now part of iHeartRadio. Oh, I did hear that. And I heart that they, idea. They carry us now. So um, Nice. Oh, we're destined to be famous. Uh, they say sometimes what's been going on? Ten years? Sometimes it takes ten, fifteen years and all of a sudden you're famous. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And that's pretty. That's that's interesting because you brought that up because um, our guest tonight will be Rick Hale, Chicago paranormal investigator, author, and speaker. He is our guest. We'll bring him in a couple minutes. But a lot of people think getting in this field, if I get you know enough posts out there, enough this, enough that, and I get that one special picture, and all that, I will maybe become famous like Zach and. You know, ghost adventures and whatever. Right. And, That's what um, we need a viral video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the last article already in 24 hours received 1,800 likes. But Wow, um, there you go. I don't, you know what? I don't take it for granted for the simple fact, just like I said, I was lost for words when I, I actually did a search for one of our, um, Talk one of our shows mm-hmm. on Google. Next thing I see, I heart radio. It's like, whoa, okay. So, um, wow. just don't take things for granted. And if it's meant to be, it will be. And speaking right. of meant to be, yeah. our next our next broadcast is going to yeah. be a little different. We've done, okay. and you know what I'm talking about. We've done. Mm-hmm. Um, Kind of a seance, kind of raising the spirits for those listening to possibly have an experience while they're at home um, in the past broadcast. I think we've done it two or three times mm-hmm. and always had responses. Well, starting oh, yeah. in the next broadcast, we will be 
uh, doing it different. And we're going to have two individuals call in right. who would like us to attempt with their loved ones. And what will happen is we'll do this in the future also, but people have will have to contact me um, to request to be part of this experience, right. possible experience. There's nothing's guaranteed with the spiritual side. And we would do it live um, when we do it. So that's going to be something we try. We were successful in the past. Let's see if we raise the bar some, if we'll be successful again in doing it. <clears throat> so, Right. August yeah. 11th. August 11th. I'd be happy you looked. It's like... Um, I was thinking, darn, I should have looked. Um, but, yeah, time is flying by. And you know what? I got to say, <laughs> we were we had we had a, broad, a, a broadcast when you were actually talking about the longest day, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And right after that, I don't know if it was psychological or what, but all of a sudden it seemed like it was getting – it was darker and darker in the morning when I would get up or in the past before that show. Yeah. It was always bright going out. Now it's dark going out. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. start yeah. to notice it. And yeah, trying to, to pay a little patterns, bit more that's right. In fact, yeah. speaking of magical natural phenomenon, listeners tonight, you here in North America anyway will be able to see the Milky Way galaxy, the best of many years, you know. Um, they say tonight's the best night. So if you can stay up late and get to a extremely dark place, um, a national park like out here by me is a great place to go where there's not a lot of lights turned on on purpose. If you've got a great dark spot, you can get to safely, of course. You might want to check out the Milky Way tonight. And what time would you You know what, I would, you know, by the time they get out there and it gets dark, 10, 11 o'clock is probably best. Again, I be safe, you know, don't go (laughs) out into a dark spot alone. Take Mm -hmm. a good friend. If I were going to go, I would take Ed. He could protect me from the bad and ugly. I just thought okay. I would bring that up because it was so exciting. I thought, ooh, this is going to be cool. Is this with the naked eye, or do you need a? Uh, <laughs> no, you a should. Tool? It should be the naked eye. This is um, okay. we're having a black moon, which is two new moons in the same month. It's like the opposite of a blue moon when you have two full moons in the same month. Okay. So this is two new moons. So the moon is completely shadowed out. You're not getting any moonlight at all. So that helps. I'm always fighting for light pollution protection, you know, trying to get people to make street lights so they shine straight down instead of out and up um, and different kinds of bulbs and stuff. So that's important. You want to go to someplace that's dark, 10 or 11 o'clock, you should be able to see it. Cool. Cool. Yeah. All right. Now, I would suggest for some people like me to go on the Internet and (laughs) 
look up what the Milky Way looks like so you have some idea what you're looking at. Um, yeah. I, okay, so I want to know. A, a long band across the sky, a glowing band across the okay. sky. It'll, it should look like it's even a bit curvish. Okay. I'll help you. Okay. Like, a, okay. like a bunch of stars all grouped together, not like a cloud type of thing. Okay. And after we're done with Rick tonight, we're going to have uh, new music from our individual friends have sent in. Right, from and Paul and Pearl and Sinius. Embryology, yep. that's called. Their yep. new album. And uh, a song from there called Acceptance. And we'll bring you more details with that. Why don't we go to Rick right now? And Good. he's been waiting a bit, okay. a little bit. Okay. Hello, Rick. Mr. Hale, Hi. are you there? Um, yes, I'm here. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, I, I can hear you. Welcome, Rick. Hello. Hi. Thank you, Edward and Annette, for having me on. I really appreciate it. No problem. Sure. Um, Rick is a Chicago paranormal investigator, author, and speaker. Um, that is correct. One of the things we'll discuss tonight on the broadcast will be paranormal unity, folklore, or reality. Rick has been interested in the paranormal since encountering a spirit at an early age. Rick is the author of Geek's Guide to the Strange and Unusual, Poltergeist, Ghosts, and Demons, and Behold Shocking True Tales of Terror, and some other spooky stuff. Rick is the deputy editor of, is that Spooky Isles? Spooky Isles? Uh, SpookyIsles.com, yes. Dot com. As well as appearing mm-hmm. in Ghost Tapes 2 and Ghost Tapes, the series found on the series that is found on YouTube. Um, first of all, Rick, there's yes. that the Spooky Isles mm-hmm. is it seems is that an American type of website uh, or is it no? Okay, no, it's a. Uh... Oh, I'm sorry. I, I interrupted you. There must be some kind of weird lag there. Um, no, actually, it is a uh, website that deals primarily with, um, well, uh, the United Kingdom. And uh, okay. with the, um, yeah, um, hauntings and ghosts. Um, we're doing a new uh, section on aliens and UFOs, which I'm, you know, currently working on kind of building up. And, uh, you know, there's there's dozens of great writers to this website. But, um yeah, it's it's not it's it's not American. It's all primarily uh, um, deals with uh, you know the strange and unusual in the United Kingdom. Okay, okay. But you yourself thing... are American, Rick. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. Okay. I am a Chicago native. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, the nice thing, Rick, and is we do get a lot of followers from UK to this broadcast. So. Um, Oh. Matter of fact, it, it may be our second or third highest in numbers, so percentage-wise. So um, they do listen. Um, okay, great. So give them a give them a because the the cool thing was there's articles about castles and everything mm-hmm. else over there, and um, that's that's what I find kind of interesting. Uh, takes yeah. you out of what we know, what we see every day. Right. To what we don't have. Well, well, the thing is, Edward and Annette, when I be, when I initially became interested in um, 
to paranormal, uh, ghost hunting, psychical research, parapsychology, whatever you may want to call it, um, was, was all the way back in 1982. So it wasn't like you could go into any library or any bookstore and find dozens and dozens of books on the subject, even yeah. at the Chicago Public Library. So the books and, uh, and authors and investigators that I grew up admiring were, were people like um, uh, um, Elliot O'Donnell and uh, Morris Gross and Guy Lyon Playfair and the gentleman who is my greatest influence being Peter Underwood. So that is basically all we really had back then. So, you know, I, I really put a lot of time and effort into um, reading up on British ghost stories, Irish ghost stories. And, uh, but, you know, don't, but, you know, don't, don't think for a second that I haven't done a, you know, a fair enough amount of work that deals here in the United States because I have just right mm-hmm. now, I'm kind of focusing on spooky aisles at the moment. Well, mm-hmm. I know when I was in the UK and Scotland, I discovered that every door that you come to has some ghost story affiliated with it. <laughs> sure. you know, it's been yeah. a culture there for so many thousands of years that it's right. not unlikely that there are haunts around every corner. Sure. Yeah, I remember I had a I had an English friend once say to me that if uh, if you live in England and you live in an old house and it's not haunted, you might be doing something wrong. So right. yeah, I always thought that, that was really funny. <laughs> yes, yes. You're also the author of The Geek's Guide to the Strange and Unusual. Hey, he's talking What's about that? us, then. <laughs> um, <laughs> po, 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 po. Yeah. Poltergeist, <laughs> ghosts, and demons, right? Yeah. I haven't yeah, written a book say, yet, um, and that and it may not be published. But um, All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, Rick. Go ahead. Unusual. Tell us about The Geek's Guide. Oh, that's okay. No, The, the, the Geek's Guide is kind of like uh, is, uh, is my take on um, – some of the um, you know stories that we've all grown grown up in this field, you know, knowing just sort of a, you know a retelling and and my um, specific take on some of those stories. However, my latest book, which is Behold: Shocking True Tales of Terror, dot dot dot, and some other spooky stuff, those are actually that's all my uh, personal experiences as an investigator. Um, been investigating uh, the supernatural since 1991. So, you know, a, a lot of these stories are, are my own personal stories. And the way the book is set up, it's set up really, uh, really uniquely. You have an investigation that I and colleagues have done, um, and it is paired up with a lesson that I've learned or a personal philosophy that I have um, pertaining to something that may have happened during that investigation. So you get a chapter and a lesson. Oh, that's a nice take on, on the whole idea. That's great. Yeah. Something new. Yeah. A, a, a lot of people really seem to like it. Good. Tell us and, about the paranormal unity. Uh, well, you know, let, let me just, let me just preface, preface anything that I say with this. Because I know that some people are going to be like, well, this guy's against prayer unity. Um, no, that is not it at all. Because that is actually to say that you're against something that brings people together under a common banner. That's illogical. 
it, correct? Would you agree? Oh, that's Probably, why I put yeah. down folklore or reality, you know? Um, right. Because I know where you're coming from. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's, and there is absolutely nothing inherently wrong with para-unity. And in fact, it's, it sounds very nice when it's, you know, written in memes, you know, shared in Facebook or Instagram or, or Twitter or whatever. And it always sounds really nice when it's spoken at a, uh, at a, at a paranormal convention or a paranormal conference or whatever. Those places, it always sounds nice. And it is nice. But what happens is, is that when it is practically applied, that's where it sort of comes up short. Are we referring to paranormal unity as the coming together of investigators to share information and therefore be united? Is that what paranormal unity well, I, is supposed to mean? Or do you mean I've never heard that term. part of it? Well, this is this is the way it. I take it, or the way I believe it was first um, planned okay. was. Everybody's going to be happy-go-lucky, and we're going to love each other and uh, like each other and believe in what each other's doing and, and hold each other okay, to a so higher cool. pedestal than the other person, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all BS, <laughs> because you're dealing with egos, vanity, and everybody trying to get exposure. Right, and that's, and, and that, that's exactly it right there. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> what happens is, is that ego does come into it. Because, you know, you know, Edward, you know, I, I think that you will agree. One of the things that was great about being an investigator in the 70s, 80s, or 90s was that there was not a whole lot of us running around doing this work. Right. Correct. There were, right. There were very few of us. I mean, personally, me, when I was doing investigations back in, you know, when I started doing investigations in the early 90s and then going into the rest of the 90s, I'm like, I thought, I, am I the only guy that's doing this that doesn't have a PhD attached to his name? Because most yeah. of the investigators at that time were guys that, 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 that did have that. Uh, guy Lyon Playfair uh, was, I believe, he had a PhD. Um, uh, um, um, Miss, uh, uh, Dr. Holzer was another one with a PhD. Most of these people were and had been for well over a century were academics. Okay. So, yeah. So, you know, I really honestly thought that I was only one of the very few people doing this kind of work. And um, what happened is, is that sometime around the year 2004, when the show Ghost Hunters came on, and, and I liked Ghost Hunters when it came on. I thought it was great. I'm like, all right, this is showing normal everyday guys like myself going out there hunting ghosts. That's cool. Mm -hmm. But it turned into like huge phenomena, pop culture phenomena, where now when you had very few of us, now you have a whole bunch of us and you have everybody there trying to get exposure. They're trying to get into all the paranormal conferences and conventions. And the thing is, is it's really unfortunate. You have people who will do whatever they can do to possibly get ahead. Even if that means um, being harmful to others on uh, you know social media or whatever you see that word the the dreaded drama, and 
I think that that's where, you know, the idea of paranormal unity just comes up short. There's no unity because you have people that will dismiss and ignore and um, just have absolutely nothing to do with somebody because they have a different political, political ideology. And let's face it, politics really has um, poisoned a lot of things. Um, you have people that will be dismissed or be ignored because they don't like the same um, paranormal celebrity that you do. So although para-unity in and of itself is not a bad thing, it's just you get a lot of ego and a lot of people trying to become the next big thing, and it just becomes very problematic, I think. See, I think Makes a good goal, though. We can always aim towards it, I suppose. Uh, you know what, in this, yeah. it's, in this <laughs> field, it can't happen. It's like being in Hollywood, but under paranormal. Mm-hmm. Um, the You think it can? As you said, it can or cannot? It can't. Um, it was just like can. when I okay. did the pro wrestling. It cannot happen. When I did the pro wrestling, oh. I earned my... Yeah. my way up the ladder mm-hmm. but I didn't kiss nobody's butt I did it by um, abilities or whatever however I sold in the ring sure. or whatever the right. other right. The thing is yeah the thing is I lost friends all in the process because mm-hmm. oh all of a sudden he's getting called to come in you know what I'm saying and the same thing works yeah. with I've turned down WGN twice, okay? It's like, nah, we, I don't want to be tied into a Halloween and Halloween only. Okay? Is that right. evil? No. It's the way I'm marketing myself. Yes. Okay. Sort of. You get, um, you get, you get rid of the not, I will not. Right. I will not. <laughs> okay? And this has happened um, where I've been um, no longer involved or invited because I'm sorry, I'm not putting you on a pedestal. I'll treat you as an equal, but you know, right? Um, and I'll treat you for what you've done in public, but in private, I ain't kissing your butt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, so sometimes it's better See, yeah. just to go. It's just to fly solo and mm-hmm. bring in people who are involved, who would like to be involved. Um, but some people go, oh well, why don't you go to invest go. <laughs> Paranormal investigation with other investigators, or not investigators, but psychic mediums, because oh. then it becomes a battle. Okay. Too many. Too many. Who can outdo yeah. who? Okay. Um, and I don't play that game no more. I don't need to play that game no more. And I won't play that game no more. Yeah. Um, no. So see, I, get, I, I won't. Am I right with what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, I I do believe that you are absolutely because I feel the same way. I am not going to kowtow or you know, as you said, kiss somebody's butt um, just to get ahead. I have no problem working with people. I have mm-hmm. no problem with um, with you know playing nice, but sure. I'm not going to um, you know kiss your butt so I can get ahead. No, that's not no. the kind of person I am, and that's not the kind of person that I would want my son to see. I think that would, you know, show him, you know, a serious loss of of, of integrity, and just not going to do it. Good. 
I would love you to didn't even hear this to be on the show away I from paranormal you. unity. <laughs> Say what? And Rick, I'm you, sorry. I said I would love to steer the ship away from paranormal unity. Sure. How about Let's if we talk about Rick's um, favorite time that he came across something tangible when he was doing his investigations? You know, can oh. you tell us a, a tale of, you know, the most meat and potatoes time that you bumped into a ghost or got a great recording? Tell us about that. Oh, absolutely. I think that one of the best, um, that I, I, something that I saw with my own eyes, this yeah. was, it was at a house in Waukegan, Illinois. And um, I, it was, I was actually working with a much larger group of, uh, of investigators at the time. And um, it was at a house in Waukegan, Illinois, and we're all standing in the kitchen area, and we're talking to the client's mother. She was a 97-year-old woman, and um, she was the one who was starting to see these things in the house. And uh, this woman was sharp as a tack. She had showed no signs of dementia, no signs of Alzheimer's, um, nothing like that. This woman was just as sharp at 97 as she was at nine years old. And okay. um, we're, standing in, we're standing in the kitchen, and I'm looking down this hallway. There was, there was a kitchen, and there was a hallway that led into the front room. And there was mm-hmm. one bedroom off to the left, and there was, a, there was another di- a larger dining room off to the right. And I'm standing okay. there, and all of a sudden, in the hallway, this tall, blonde-haired woman dressed in white, suddenly appears in the hall. She's oh just right there. And I, I wasn't the only one that had seen her. One of, the, uh, one, of the, one of the mediums that we were working with, she saw her as well. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the, the interesting thing about this family was is that this family was Armenian. So they had very dark features, olive-colored skin, um, black hair. Mm-hmm. And um, so there was, there was, and even, even among us, there were, there were no um, tall, blonde-haired women. So I watched this woman walk, take a left into the bedroom that was in the hall. Okay. And myself and the medium, we booked it into this room. And the only person that was in there was the client's daughter and her friend, who was African-American. And there was absolutely okay. no place in this room. This, this girl's bedroom was probably only slightly bigger than a closet. There was okay. no nowhere. Old house, little room. Yeah, there was, there was nowhere for this tall, blonde-haired woman to go. And um, so we ran in there, and we said to the daughter and her friend that, where's the blonde-haired woman that just walked into this room? And they both looked up at us. And suddenly, you could just see the color. Um, they just, you know, they turned white. I guess you could say, you know, they were scared. It drained, and they drained. Yeah, were, they were. They were just drained of color. I'm like, we didn't see any woman come in here. So we stood in there for a couple of minutes, and um, I had, well, um, she had an EMF meter with her and this thing is just going crazy i mean it's just it's pinging all the way up to the top all the lights are going on this was the first time that i've ever actually used this particular um piece of equipment 
And I'm eventually I'm a little skeptical when it comes to equipment because I know how this stuff works. And um, so we're standing in there and we're doing voice recordings or, you know, EVP as, you know, we call them now. And I'm looking out of the door into the um, uh, dining area that's right across from this. All of a sudden, I see like this dark shadow just walk right in front of me outside this door. Okay. So, I mean, this, this was quite possibly one of the most active homes that I've ever been in. And I've always done private homes. I don't, I don't believe in paying for the privilege of investigating because that's not investigating to me. That's tourism. Yeah. And do you um, think you were looking at two separate entities? Do you think the woman and the shadow are separated? I do believe that they were two separate entities. Yeah. Actually in my, in, in my, in my latest book, behold, shocking true tales of terror. I go into greater detail of this investigation in the chapter called the house of 100 spirits. Um, I do believe that this house was a, um, it had a portal area in it because Mm -hmm. later on in the evening, we got an EVP where you can clearly hear a man's voice saying this EVP, they want us to come in through the window. Ah, okay. Yeah. Sure. So, there was, I, and, and, and my personal belief that this was a naturally occurring portal in this house. And these entities, all, uh, they're all human because I, do, I don't do demons. That's not me. Right. I don't do okay. religious phenomena. So these were all human entities that were coming and going at will in these people's, in, in these people's house. Eventually, they sold the house off and they moved to a house in um, Fox Lake, I believe. And, um, but yeah, that was probably one of the most incredible things in an investigation that I've ever experienced. I got to ask you when you saw the woman, okay. So a shadow, Mm -hmm. I I can envision that, but when you saw the woman, did she feel Mm -hmm. to you see through transparent wispy or did she look like solid? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Solid person. Yeah, solid person. She had blonde hair that just went down. I can I can see this. I can still see this uh, this uh, incident in my mind. She had yeah. blonde hair that went down to just about her neck, and she was wearing white clothes. Now, what was a really strange part about it? The white clothes that she was wearing looked yeah. like nurses' scrubs. Oh, okay. I guess like I was envisioning some sort of a dress or something. Okay, got it. No, 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 no. They look like they look like nurses' scrubs, and um, yeah, this was definitely one of the most interesting things I've ever experienced as as an investigator. Great you know story, Rick. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Rick. Did you say what sto- what yes. city that was in? Waukegan. Waukegan. Oh, okay. Yeah, Waukegan. What? Yeah. Yeah, we're just okay. a couple blocks from uh, Lake Michigan. Okay, yeah. Okay. I've been out that way. Interesting. Mm-hmm. How about anything uh, near Chicago? <laughs> closer um, to Chicago or the suburbs? A little closer to, uh, little closer to Chicago, yeah. Not really southwest suburbs. I really didn't get um, to the south side that often, mm-hmm. um, if ever, actually. Um, there was a house in Edgebrook. 
um, just you know, I, 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 Edgebrook just inside the city limits. And um, this house, they said that they were being um, haunted by a spirit they called the general because he looked like a military man. He was wearing an old-fashioned uniform, and, you know, he had that real scrubbed appearance of, of a military officer. Right. This, this, again, th- again, this was when I was working with the, uh, with the much larger group. And um, somebody had taken a picture with a full spectrum camera and I'm looking at this picture and you can clearly see the outline of a man in the picture looking right at you. So yeah, so that was definitely one of the pieces you know, this was 10, 11 years ago. Um, So that was that picture appear in one of your books, Rick? No, unfortunately it doesn't because Okay. Uh, all that evidence was, you know, belonged to the uh, group, which was the McHenry County Paranormal Research Group. It belonged ah. to them, and it belonged to the um, belonged to the homeowner. So, uh, you know, I don't okay. I don't have this uh, piece of evidence, which I'm I'm very reluctant to talk about evidence that I personally don't have myself. But sure. that, is, that is one of the times that like I have, that I have seen a picture where I could say that is a ghost standing right in front of me or standing right in front of um, who whoever yeah. took the picture. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm usually typically skeptical about photographic evidence, but I am looking at this. I know exactly what I've seen, what I'm seeing. I even had people who were a buddy of mine who is an atheist. He looked at the picture and he handed the picture back to me and he's like, don't ever show me your stuff again. <laughs> <laughs> messing with my mind, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, okay, man, no problem. You know, my buddy, my, uh, my, my buddy Greg, he was, he was, he was like that, you know. So, yeah, I mean, it was definitely one of the most interesting things I've ever seen. Two, two of the things I've ever seen. Okay. Well, how would you suggest a person to get started in the paranormal field if they were interested? My first piece of advice is, is forget everything you think you know. Forget everything that you see on television because what you see on television um, is a 47-minute long version of the hours that, that were actually spent there right? or even days that were actually spent there. Um, f- so forget what you think you know and have an open mind. And I, and I can't stand it when people are like, you know, um, well, I'm going to go in here and I'm going to be skeptical and I'm not going to believe what the homeowner says. No, believe what the homeowner says. Listen mm-hmm. to their story. Okay. That they're there 24, you know, hours a day, seven days a week. They know what's already in their house. They just want right. you there to help confirm it for them. So believe what they say. Listen to their story and then investigate appropriately. And I I always tell people that professionalism is best. It is best to have professionalism, and it is of the utmost importance for you to never become emotionally involved in an investigation. 
keep yourself detached. Because when you do people's homes, like I've been doing people's homes for 28 years. And when you do people's homes, you sometimes do walk into situations that are, you know, you might think that there could be drug use that's going on. I've actually investigated a house once where I suspected there was child abuse involved, and I actually reported that. So when you go into into people's homes, you need to make sure that you do not become emotionally attached to this. And if you do suspect that something untoward is going on, to, you know, approach the proper um, authorities about it. And another piece of equipment that I would give, you are not a doctor. Do not diagnose anybody with some kind of spe- with some kind of mental illness or anything right. of that nature. Again, right. listen to their stories, investigate appropriately. That's why you're there. And don't go in thinking you're going to debunk, okay? Because why even get it? Like yeah. you said, I agree 100. percent The person may had the experience when they had it at the moment they had it. Mm-hmm. You coming right. in a week later doesn't guarantee you're going to have that experience. But you can't deny the fact that the person had the experience because they were there. I agree with you. 100%. Right. You know, yeah, I usually tell people, um, but, you know, before I, before I arrive, I've actually told people, don't talk about my coming to your house because I don't want them to hide from, from me. I want mm-hmm. them to be surprised. I want to take them by surprise, because if you're dealing with a with with a full-on apparition, this is the um, spiritual essence of a person, the consciousness that has survived the death of the body. They may not want you there, and if they if they know that you're coming, they're going to hide from you, and there is no amount sure. of anything that you're going to do to get them to come out because they still have their intelligence. They are still a conscious entity. So if it's like if 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 they're going to hide, they're going to hide from you. So I usually mm-hmm. tell people don't let don't talk about my coming to your house. Yeah. Yeah. What type of tools do you do you use? Uh my brain. <laughs> you know, nice. yeah, I, you know, I, it's no but 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 it's funny though you know it's like you you, you it, see a lot of you see a lot of people they're like oh hey what's your favorite piece of equipment mine is the K2 meter or mine is the Mel meter I tell them my mine's the brain my brain it requires okay. no batteries and I trust it completely but um no I do use equipment I do use um EMF um detectors um mm-hmm. I I'm a big believer in uh testing for things like infrasound um, testing for uh, low levels of carbon monoxide poisoning because these things can cause people to believe that they are experiencing something uh, paranormal when they're not. They're just experiencing low-level carbon monoxide poisoning or the infrasound. Um, infrasound is, is, is a uh, sound that falls beneath human hearing, which is at 20 megahertz. Mm-hmm. And in studies, it has actually been known to cause people's eyes to wobble inside their head. So they think that they're seeing things, shadows or movement or whatever, out of the corner of their eye. So hmm. that is, it's, it's really important to not debunk 
what these people are saying is saying that's going on, but to find alternatives. And I don't I don't like putting percentages on things. I think that's disingenuous. So I'm not going to be like, well, 97%. No, I'm going to say there is a lot that you can disprove in a haunting. But um, yeah, you know, of course, uh, you know, I use tape recorders. Um, I like doing a um, a written summary of what I do um, in case the person is okay for me to write about it in an article or, you know, possibly put it in a book. So, you know, there, there is, there is equipment that you can use, but you know, man, nothing is as good as a good old fast fashioned human senses. Um, if I am, if, if I, if I know of, of a medium or a psychic or a clairvoyant or a sensitive one that I know that I can trust, I will work with that, with that psychic in that, in that mm-hmm. medium and utilize their skills. Um, I've been very fortunate in the last 15 years of working, of, of working with two uh, very talented mediums. Um, Kathy, uh, I'm sorry, Nancy Laporta, who now lives in uh, Washington, now Washington, excuse me, West Virginia. She works, she now works at the uh, um, Edgar Casey center there and uh, another one, her name was Kathy. I we just lost uh, lost contact over the years, but these were two extraordinarily talented mediums, uh, and I trusted everything that they had to say. I trusted their impressions. You know, the thing you were saying about the sound, the low mm-hmm. frequency. Have you? There's a guy out of Las Vegas. He can create receiving devices. It picks that mm-hmm. stuff up. Even um, yeah, because he's a sound freak. He's whatever, and um, mm-hmm. he actually picked up the walking of ants. That's the type of stuff that he gets into. That low frequency stuff that you and I can't hear. So right. Um, I don't know if you've yeah. got a device like that, but there are some out there that picks that up. Yeah. So. Yep. No, I know that I know that there is. Um, you know, and and you can you can also you know find reasons for uh, things that um, that may cause infrasound. Um, a lot of homes that are near L tracks in the city, mm-hmm. you'll you'll you will find high levels of infrasound in those buildings because the trains are creating these, these high levels of infrasound. And, you know, some people, they're just a little bit more sensitive to it. And um, like I said, you know, it can cause you to think that you are experiencing something supernatural and you're just not. It is literally your mind, play, your, your eyes and your mind playing tricks on you. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Are you going to be speaking anywhere in the future? Um, no, no, I'm not. Um, I've I've only done one event, and oh my god, it was it was the mo- and I'm glad that I did it because I'm glad I got it out of my system. It was uh, it was it wasn't a disaster, but I don't think <laughs> I've ever quite been that nervous in my life, but I know, in, I know in the future 
to come prepared. You know, I didn't exactly come prepared. I didn't know what to expect. It was the first time I'd ever done anything to, uh, with that. And I spoke on poltergeists. And, mm-hmm. um, okay. you know, people, they want to hear that poltergeists are evil spirits or demons, and they're not. <laughs> you know, a lot of people, they don't want, they, 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 nowadays, they don't want to hear that. And, yeah. You know, well, I, I, I got to say, I, I, go ahead. So to say, I have people who are telling me that's like, you know, well, the Warrens have said that all poltergeists are demons. It's like, how do you tell somebody, you know, they're mistaken? This is actually uh, psychic energy that is completely out of control that is actually caused by a living person. And, um, mm. you know, it's like people, they just, they just don't want to hear that kind of thing. Um well, they, they saw just, the movie, they, they just so they're professionals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah you know, the thing, just, I would highly true. recommend, since you brought up the Warrens, for people just to look up Troy Taylor in the Warrens. He wrote a nice article mm-hmm. <laughs> um, to educate yourself on the Warrens. Um, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't want to talk because I don't want to talk badly about the dead. Um, you know, it's kind of a, a superstition that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, it's 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 kind of a superstition in Irish American families. I come from one. It's a good rule you of never, thumb. Yeah, never talk badly about the case. dead. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, when when it comes to the Warrens, did they do a lot of interesting work that that so, that helped push this forward? Yeah, they did. Um, but I think that uh, certain things got in the way and. You know, some things may have gotten away from them, and, and it happens. You're human. Well, you know? I was saying, look at his article five or six years ago or so. Um, mm-hmm. It's not in a – at least she was living then. I don't know about him. But um, so just repeating what Rick, I said in someone, the Let me ask this question. Rick, if someone felt like sure. they had an entity, a ghost, whatever we want to term it, in their home, could mm-hmm. they reach out to you? to come to see if, you know, you use your expertise to tell them what they're dealing with, how to deal with it, the future. Can people reach out to you like that, and how would they get a hold of you? Sure, absolutely. Um, you can get a hold of me through um, Facebook. You can actually, you know, find my, uh, my uh, me uh, in, in Edward's friends list, or my, um, I don't want to give out my phone number over on air, Oh, but no, my uh, no. yeah, my email is t underscore seeker s e e s e e k e r at hotmail dot com, and um, you know I have actually I have not done an investigation in almost three years. Um, Ooh, you know I'm I'm sure as you yeah I'm sure as you guys already know um, in 2016 I was diagnosed with a rare form of cancer, and uh, I lost my left leg because of it. Uh, below the knee. So uh, okay. I have, it's been a while since I've been in the field, but I am ready to go. You know, I'm ready to get my Okay, I was going to say, are you itching so, to get yeah. back? <laughs> I am itching to get back. It's It's been a long time. But here again, it's the problem that we run into. In, in an area as big as the Chicagoland area, I can go out on my back porch, throw a stone, and hit 50 different teams out there. 
mm-hmm. you have a mm-hmm. lot of paranormal teams. But yeah, actually, I am I am itching to get to get back out there. And even if I have to join an established team to do so, I'll, I I would do it. Yeah. So I mean, so if anybody listening out there is you know in the market for a pre-driven, slightly used, old-school ghost hunter <laughs> to, you know, do a lot of, you know, tag along every once in a while. I, With I, all the extras, yeah. <laughs> I would yeah, be but happy use, to do use, so, yeah. use your books that are coming out to get the, you know what I'm saying, to get yourself. Um, well, I think, you know, Rick sounds intelligent, and he comes off as oh, someone who's very sensitive and respectful. So if I personally had a ghost in my house, and I was listening to the show, I, I would think, oh, maybe Rick is a kind guy who could come and actually talk to me and help me. He uses his brains, you know? So that's why I yeah. asked. Because Thank you people might listen to the show, of course. Um, I'm very humbled to the by show that, And feel the, same way, feel the same way I do. So that's why I wanted people to be able to reach out to you. Yeah, absolutely. I would be more than happy to. Um, yeah, I'm, um, I actually have one person that, you know, within the town that I live in, um, that would probably, you know, come along. She is also herself a sensitive, although not a psychic. Um, okay. Yeah, but I believe you know, I don't. I don't believe in doing these huge groups where you have, you know, fifteen people in a two-bedroom house all tripping over each other. I keep. I've always kept my my operation very streamlined, very small. Me, an assistant, and a psychic medium. I think that's really yeah, if it was my house that was haunted, I don't think I'd want 15 people traipsing through. I'd want to keep it a little more no. personal. Yeah. yeah when, when, right. When I, when I was with the McHenry County Paranormal Research Group, it was a large group. <laughs> and, um, you know, there, there were, I actually um, got in, I quit the group because of this, because I approached the main guy. And I told him, I'm like, I, you know, one of the concerns that I have is I think that we need to, um, turn the group into three different smaller units, and that way three times the amount of work can be done. And he yeah. didn't really like that. That's okay, and I respect his decision. So, you know, I left the group because that was one of the reasons why. So, um, yeah, it, it, just, it, it just seems to me that these really, really large groups um, actually kind of do – more harm than good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And not intentionally. Right. Too many cooks and, 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 and spoil the broth. Exactly. Exactly. But the books, um, what's your, what's the Ghost Tapes 2 and Ghost Tapes? What is that? Ghost Tapes 2, it was, it's really strange. It was, uh, Ghost Tapes 2 was a documentary and um, I got involved in it quite by accident. The uh, creator of Ghost Tapes, a brilliant filmmaker, his name is Luke uh, Millette. Um, I watched Ghost Tapes. I liked the original Ghost Tapes. I liked what he did. I liked his work. So I emailed him and I invited him. I was doing a, um, I was doing a, a home investigation in um, Fox Lake, Illinois. And mm-hmm. it was me and Nancy Laporta who was the uh, medium that I was working with at the time. And I invited him along to, you know, to, to come with. And so he comes into my house and uh, my, my family and I, we just got done having dinner. He, he takes out all this paperwork 
And I'm like, well, what's this? And he's like, well, I'm making, I'm going to put you in ghost tapes too. So yeah, I need you to sign this paperwork, you know, you know, all this legal stuff, whatever. And um, so yeah, it, my my involvement in ghost tapes uh, was was quite by accident. What area are you out of? Um, I, I I'm originally I'm I'm from Chicago, so I am a Chicago native. But uh, the uh, family and I we live up in um, kind of like between. Well, in in southern in Southern Lake County, that's okay. what I'll say. Okay. Oh, okay. You're down by me. Yeah. So. Oh. Oh, <laughs> you're in north, Porter aren't County. you? You're north, I'm aren't in you? Porter County. Rick? Hold on. Rick. Yeah, in Lake County. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm in Lake County. Um, you know, some of the surrounding towns are uh, Wakanda, um, Lake Zurich. Arlington Heights, Buffalo Grove. Oh, oh, you know, oh, that, different that, Lake yeah, County, up north. Got it. Okay. Yeah. My oh, bad. you're Lake County, <laughs> Indiana. I'm on the opposite. Yeah, I'm the opposite end of the world from you. <laughs> oh, no, no, Lake not County, even Illinois. a stone, stone throw away, neither. So. Um, <laughs> okay, because I was so wondering if I need. How can get your books? How do, people people can find both of my books at uh, Amazon.com, and um, and they can also, you know, they could see the uh, work that I do with um, uh, UFOs and uh, cryptids and hauntings and ghosts and stuff like that in England at thespookyisles.com. All right. Okay. Thank you, Rick. Thank you for being on. Thank um, you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. Maybe Thank get you. you. Maybe get you out. If I'm up that way and, and need you as part of what I do, um, yeah. give you a call. If you'd be interested, absolutely. You have my number. Yeah, you bet I would. Yes, I do. You have my number. Okay, cool, cool. And thank you for being on. Uh, the show thank will you for having me. be on the internet forever. So if you ever want to send people this <laughs> way to listen to it, fine. And uh, we'll be plugging you and plugging the, um, you being on here and that too in the future. So uh, thank you for being part of the show. And um, thank you. Thank you, sir. Until next time. Okay. Thank you. Right, good night, Rick. Time. Have a good night. Bye. Good night. Good night. Hello, Annette. Hi. I hey. like Rick. He's a nice I know guy. you did. I know you yeah. did. Yeah. He was, yeah. you know what? Yeah. He wasn't a big fat know-it-all, and he was calm, and I like him. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being the... Um, um, Keeping us on the right track. <laughs> right. <laughs> Pick that up. <laughs> Pull back on Ed's So we've got some it. we've got some music coming up, I think. Yes, we do. And would you? We're going to play a selection. This song is called Acceptance, and mm-hmm. it's from a new album called Embryology by Pearl and Sinia. Now, Pearl and Cineas is an ambient collaboration project between a UK artist named Dalji Kundi and Ludwig Stimbrielius. And they're from Sweden. They're based in Sweden. And you can find this stuff on Bandcamp.com. Bandcamp.com. So let's uh, let the audience hear this, and I'll say goodnight and blessed be. 
And good night to you. I'll give you a fast call. And listeners, good night. Thank you for tuning in. And remember, you can find us on iHeartRadio, also under their podcast sections. And with that, we're going to play the new song, Acceptance, and I hope you enjoy it. Annette, good night. Good night.